and welcome to Oncology Data Advisor. Today I'm speaking with Beth Feynman about her recent presentation at the International Myeloma Society annual meeting. Dr. Feynman, thank you so much for being here with us today. Hello, my name is Beth Feynman. I am a nurse practitioner and a researcher at the Cleveland Clinic in Cleveland, Ohio. I've been at the Cleveland Clinic since 1994, and I've been fortunate to be working with plasma cell, blood disorders, et cetera, ever since then. Um, currently, I am working on a scoring system for cellular therapy candidates, and um, I think that's what we're going to be talking about today. Yes, so I'm excited to hear more about your, your presentation. Um, so just by way of background, what are some of the challenges that are involved uh, when selecting patients for treatment with CAR T-cell therapy? Right, so uh, CAR T-cell therapy has just been FDA-approved in the United States for multiple myeloma in patients with relapse and refractory status. Uh, since 2000, uh, 2021, I should say, uh, there are actually are now two products approved. Uh, there is a BECMA from 2021 and Carvitki in 2022. And these are valuable therapies for these patients who oftentimes have limited action uh, um, options. But unfortunately, uh, there's a lack of supply right now. They're in such high demand. It's really hard to get on the list and selected for one of these therapies when few options are available. Mm -hmm. Tell me a little about your study. Um, how'd you go about developing this scoring system? Uh, well, actually, you know, I work in a group, a large group practice at the Cleveland Clinic. I have uh, numerous researchers that I, I partner with, and we have these meetings that are convened on a weekly basis, and it's comprised of physicians, nurses, nurse practitioners, and other support staff. And in these meetings on a weekly basis, we're trying to determine who would be the best next candidate when you have one slot or two slots from that company and a list of 40, 50, sometimes 80 patients who would be candidates. So we had these early discussions and I said, you know, it would be really great to be able to categorize or rank order or, or determine the best way of selecting. So um, those patients don't miss out on the opportunity, the ones that really need it. So we developed a six criteria scoring system and we we developed a max criteria of 18. And, and those that um, qualify have the worst, what we call pentarefractory disease, or they've had a recent aggressive relapse with lots of tumors. Maybe they're requiring a bridge therapy with some very sophisticated inpatient chemotherapy. Um, others are not in remission, uh, but we do want them over and above anything else to be clinically stable, to harvest these cells and send them off for manufacturing. And then they come back to the patient four to eight weeks later. So again, in through discussions with the clinical team, we've devised this system through expert opinion and literature review. And there's really nothing like this out there at any of the large myeloma institutions in the country from what I understand. That's really exciting. So what, um, what are the criteria and the factors that the scoring system involves? Yes. Yeah, so just as I had um, previously mentioned, it, we're really looking at those that don't have any other options. So when people are considered pentarefractory, and these are the best, you know, the, the ones that are the best candidates, they have um, failed a drug called an anti-CD38 monoclonal antibody. Um, they've also failed proteasome inhibitors, immunomodulatory drugs, the backbones of our treatment. Also, they've had drugs, uh, XPO inhibitors, such as Selinexor or other BCMA therapies off the shelf, such as Belantamap. So those are the, you know, the five drug classes that all of our patients will oftentimes be exposed to. We also want them to be fit enough, though, that they can tolerate this therapy. 
Um, so there is a long process in the selection of patients. And of course, they have to be, according to the FDA guidance, they have to be you know, willing and uh, capable and able to have support systems such as um, caregivers support as well. Great. Um, so now that this has been developed, uh, what are the next steps for it and how can it be implemented into practice in the future? Well, unfortunately, we are in our infancy. You know, the tool development is a lengthy process, and I'm trying to work with my uh, researcher colleagues to expedite this. I've already, um, others have reached out to me to validate this tool. So um, and when you're developing a clinical tool, you want it to be reproducible. So you want to make sure that whoever implements or uses this tool in their practice will have similar results to Cleveland Clinic, so, you know, and their institutions. So uh, there's a validity and reliability of this tool that still needs to be investigated. We need to try this out on more patients, and we are con continuing to do so. My abstract only reported data from February to May of 2022, um, but we're continuing to score our patients on a weekly basis at Cleveland Clinic, and hopefully we'll be able to open up this tool for use in other institutions as well, so that we can make this generalizable so others can benefit from it as well. That's great. Um, is there anything else you'd like to share about this research? Oh, I'm, I'm extremely um, humbled by the amount of interest in a tool such as this. You know, um, there are a lack of validated clinical factors when you're selecting these patients. And we all have this shared common goal of balancing the quality of life and quality of life and quantity of life in our patients with myeloma. And we're really just trying um, to develop an innovative scoring system that, um, that addresses this clinical need when we have a lack of spots available for this potentially life-saving therapy. You know, we're not trying to, uh, we're not trying to uh, cure everybody and we can't at this stage, but hopefully we'll be able to continue to evolve this tool so that we can move it earlier on in patient selection. So we're not waiting for the sickest of the sick, which we might be forced doing in the next uh, two years or so, we'll be able to open it up to more patients so that everybody can benefit from this CAR T-cell therapy treatment. Definitely, that'll be very exciting to see how it continues to evolve in the future. Thank you, I, I hope so. <laughs> so thank you so much for sharing all this with us. It was really great to learn. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for this opportunity. I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Oncology Data Advisor. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you'll never miss an episode. In addition to our podcast, the Oncology Data Advisor site features expert perspectives and news stories on the latest in cancer research and treatments, all found at oncdata.com.